Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. A minute goes by and he was like, oh my God, it's you guys, you guys, it's, it's, and he, and he, he, we're, we're driving down Daytona International Boulevard and he's yelling, it's your fault. I built this Jeep to mimic yours. And you, I talked to you three years ago and yeah, it was very cool. That's so cool. That's so cool. The Modern Jeeper Show. The show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matt's from Metal Cloak here, and welcome to episode 164 of The Modern Jeeper Show. The show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Oh, who are we kidding? This episode is just about the craziness that is the world we live in. That's right. This is another totally random episode. Corey and Jesse are hanging out in the Jeepers Den compound in Orlando, Florida, fresh off of Jeep Beach and getting ready for the Panama Jeep Jam next week. And we go all over the place, covering whatever topic comes to mind, from what it took to make the original Rubicon 20 years ago, to why you had better enter the ultimate Rocklander giveaway, to attendance at events, to appreciating Jeeps no matter what the intended goal, to the Rubicon Trail, to labor shortages that results, to OnlyFans, and on and on and on. Remember, each episode is preserved in video and posted at youtube.com slash modernjeeper. Check it out and hit that subscribe button. And by the way, if you like this episode, please share it with your friends and give us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. As always, we're extremely grateful to our supporters and friends, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, Adventure Rack Systems, and of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with the cold one, and enjoy episode number 164 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers is another episode of the Modern Jeepers show with me, Matt, from Metal Cloak, and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, buddy. Hey, Rockstar Jeep girl, Jesse. Hey. You know, I kind of realized, uh, like, all of our new followers, like, I'm from Metal Cloak, you're Mr. Modern Jeeper, and she's Rockstar Jeep girl, and, and nobody really knows who we are. Like, That's maybe we, should, we might want to, like, do, like, a different intro. Like, my name's Matson. I'm the co-founder and vice president of Metal Cloak a manufacturer of body armor and suspension systems based in Northern California. And I am one of your co-hosts. And with me is Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, that's a good point. And I never really thought about it, but we do have a lot of people that approach us and they're like, hey, we listen to your podcast all the time. And I wonder how, how many of those folks are like, I don't know, these guys just ramble on about some stuff and, and we like what they say or they don't like what we say and that's why they listen. I don't know. Um, but uh, so, so my name's Corey Osborne. I've been uh, an enthusiast in the off-road industry for like 25 years, had a prior corporate life and, and I wasn't enjoying that so much and really enjoyed the off-road lifestyle. So uh, a number of years ago, like, I don't know, seven years ago, 
Mr. Metal Cloak there, Matson, called and said, we have this idea to, for this trailer. And I said, well, that's really dumb. And uh, <laughs> went out and met with the engineers. Because at that time in my world, I was kind of a, I was kind of a, maybe a, a little bit more of an extreme. I didn't have a lot of, um, how do I explain this? How do I didn't have a lot of suspension design experience. I knew kind of what worked and what we'd all done to our own Jeeps. But so I went out to Metal Cloak, spent some time with the engineers and was blown away by not only the answers that I received, but just how things were manufactured and learned a whole bunch more about how things get designed and how they work. Um, agreed to take on the challenge of pulling the CTI trailer around the country and have now seen, gosh, I don't know, we're going to, this year we'll end up seeing probably 10,000 total rigs on the CTI trailer at every large off-road event around the country. Yeah. Um, I used to do it by myself. My dad used to come with me sometimes, but a number of years ago, this lovely lady next to me uh, and also an off-road enthusiast joined me and that's Miss Jessie Greenland. I am. Rocks I just Jeep did girl. hair for, with kids. Fell in love with off-roading. He got to meet my people when we were in Oklahoma that actually got me started. I blamed oh, wow. it on them. <laughs> and then got into Ladies Off-Road Network and here we are. Wow. Many so years later. Had Rockstar. Rockstar. You got to tell people what Rockstar is all about. Well, <clears throat> I love to sing. He hasn't got to witness my karaoke skills yet. Really? I mean, he hears me sing, but <laughs> I always Shower wanted to be count. a rock star. Yeah, she usually has her headphones in and she's either working <laughs> out or running around the house or something and she's singing and I'm talking to her and she can't hear I'm me. Like, and excuse yeah. me, what? All I can think of is what? that scene from 48 Hours. Roxanne! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that became kind of my nickname and I love stars are my favorite shape. So mm. kind of rock crawling stars singing kind of just and i loved guitar hero guitar hero was one of my favorites i had to fight the microphone from my kids They're like oh my god she's doing it again <laughs> mom please my friends are over. I can i sing now i want to play y'all play those things i'm singing well cool 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 so that's a recap everybody of who we are just because i know that for many of you are new fans and, and don't really know, like other than going back and listening to pre-episodes and over, if you listen to the 163 episodes out there, you probably learn a thing or two about us because we're fairly open and, and talk a lot about things personal and otherwise business and otherwise. And, and uh, you know, at some point when we hit episode 200, maybe we'll write a little book about, you know, the life and times of Corey, oh, Jesse yeah. and Matson <laughs> yeah. as seen well, through know, the eyes of a podcast. Years ago. And, and we've, we've, I've come across so many people throughout the years and, and people that weren't necessarily YouTube famous back in the day. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we promoted the, the lifestyle, the off-road lifestyle for years and years. And, and even when I wasn't working in the industry, um, it was something I was very passionate about and would share stuff and people would go, man, this is, this is amazing. You know, you get to go to these, these cool places and meet these cool people. And it's kind of funny because over the years, some of them have become, quote unquote, YouTube famous, I guess, you know, and, and kudos to them. And, and I think that, that we all as off-road enthusiasts, whether you're a Jeeper or just a, I don't know, a Bronco owner or a Toyota owner, um, we all share the same values and the same goals of enjoying the outdoors. So 
it's 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 definitely been an evolution i think that throughout the days you know the the overlanding thing which we all used to just call camping um has become more uh, prolific and uh again rigs have changed we've changed um over the last gosh 15 20 years mm -hmm. i mean think about i, I was just reading an article and uh, actually shared it on modernjeeper.com and our friend chris collard got to spend some time with mark allen and I think Madsen, you shared this link with us. It was, um, it's a very good YouTube video. And Mark and Chris talk about the history of not only the, the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon and how it, but also the Rubicon trail. And I, I think that, I don't know, I don't think the new Jeeper understands where that came from um, or how it has evolved, but the height of the Jeep and the size of the Jeep and its off-road capabilities have increased 500% in the last 15 years. Yeah. I mean, right. what we used to build and, and struggle to, to make parts for and all that. Now that's the same ring you can buy off the lot for, you know, oh, 60 grand. Well, you know, you, you mentioned it, but this article that you just posted up on modernjeeper.com, which by the way, for those who are listening, modernjeeper.com is our news site. Go to modernjeeper.com to see all kinds of latest news information and things and stories from out in the trail. But uh, this lunatic fringe group, right? I, I didn't know the mm -hmm. story. I remember, I remember being like uh, over at my uncle's house sometime, and my uncle was a big jeeper, had had jeeps all his life, and he wasn't a rock crawler. He was a desert guy, so he loved taking his jeep. He had it because he lived in Tahoe and he had snow. And then when he moved to Minden, Nevada, he just he would take his Jeep and just go out into the desert of BLM land just to find old mining parts for his little mining museum in his backyard. And so he um, that's Jeep's him. But he he tells me one day and it's like, and I think it was like, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't too long ago, but um we basically says, hey, you hear about this thing called the Rubicon coming out. Like they, they're coming out with a new four to one transfer case, like this whole new model is coming. Out. He was really excited about it. Yeah, it was kind of cool, but it wasn't like my, it wasn't what I was focused on at the time. So it was like, eh, that's cool. I, yeah, it's okay. That's awesome. And he gave the article to read about it. I think it was JP Magazine or something, right? Article about this. But I had no idea really what the origins were um, until the story came across. And you, you posted it up there. And it's a, the article is a, based on a interview um, that Chris Collard did about the origins of rubicon and and what it took and it was basically a bunch of guys at jeep who were building it using their own credit cards and building their own rings building what they want to do and to think about the idea that at the time jeep had no clue that there was this thing called like off-roading and rock crawling that people would do recreationally for fun for fun the jeep fun. wouldn't expect people to go jeeping off-road for fun and even right. Mark laughed about that, and I, I thought that was great. Yeah, it, it's hilarious. I mean, it's this idea that that this this world that we're in now, where we couldn't imagine anything the other time, Ford working hard to match the Jeep, other vehicles trying to be like the Jeep. When at the time when the Rubicon was created, it was like, no, nah, you, you, who would actually do this? Nobody's going to go and do this. We'll make a thousand units, and right. now they're doing. Now it's a third uh, of a third of, of their business, which we're talking about sixty thousand Rubicons a year. They yeah. thought they thought that they would literally sell three thousand rigs, and the sales would drop off, and they'd move on to just building their their standard rigs again. And wow, look where we are now. Yeah, so quite a home run. But that's great when you let some people be creative. 
lets people grit the freedom, have the freedom to do stuff, which I think is probably the legacy that is now known as the Mopar. You're right, the the Skunk Works or whatever they call it these days. Right. You can't yep. Call it skunk Works. Right. Yep. Um, but that that whole group being able to do these things, these fun things, and create the as ideas that let everybody go, wow, that's cool. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's um. There's there's something to be said for the ability, like you, you hit the nail on the head, um, to let people be creative and let them kind of run with some of the ideas that may seem absolutely ludicrous at the time. I mean, we wouldn't have half of the parts, um, number one, that, that Metal Cloak has created and designed where people say, well, you know, that's never going to work. For example, uh, Duraflex joint. I mean, those kind of things. When people first see it, everybody there, there's that that group out there that's very resilient. They're very hesitant. They don't want to they don't want to take on the new things. And you and I have talked about this before. You know, you have that bell curve type of of uh, how people take on new things. And after a while, you see it more and more. People are more acceptable. But but even something like I don't know the things that came to mind. I was thinking about a a sway bar where you have quick quick disconnects. Um, then you have the Curry iteration of an anti-rock, and now you've got—I um, think it's Ibex—is the company mm-hmm. that has the the big the long shot. Uh, shaft with a sliding ring that goes up mm. and down it, um, like a strut. Again, and and I'm sure even in those companies they were all like, "This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? We'll, we'll try it. We'll throw it out there, and then all of a sudden, it works." Right. Well, like the six pack shock, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, wait a second. You know, especially I still remember that board meeting sitting down and going, we're going to make a shock. I have this idea. And we're like, uh, you know, we don't make anything functional. Right. Right. We, we make body. I mean, everything's functional, but nothing has moving parts. Right. Big difference between welding together fenders and flares and rockers and, and all that kind of stuff. And, Uh, and bumpers and then making something that actually has moving parts to it right but what doug wasn't swayed and um and so we approved us a very small sum well today it was a small sum back then it was like wow that's a big chunk of money we're about to approve for this project to better work and what Um, what year did the six pack come out it was two it was 11, I believe. 11 or 12, something like that? Yeah, it was, yeah. I think it was, I think it was 2011. Um, Off-Road Expo 2011, I think, is when we did the debut of the six-pack. Because our first, and I, I use Off-Road Expo as the measurement, because Off-Road Expo in 2009, we just had a 10 by 20 uh, with the TJ stuffed in there. 2010, we had a 20 by 20, which was the old spot held by, um, oh, that was curb a curb uh kilby so oh, kilby right, manufacturing right, had a brad. 20 by 20 he brad moved off we took his 20 by 20 spot and then we just had a jeep but 20 or the next year 2011 we came back and that's when we had the the jk all flexed out right um, with the six pack three and a half inch lift and you know looking like it was on a long arm kit but you know flexed out on a 32 inch ramp that was pretty cool so um yeah that was that was the big display explaining the six pack. You could actually go up. You remember you could actually go up to the six pack. Oh yeah, we had the we had the the um the device where we could actually fl- um, work the six pack. Yeah, yeah, you could work the six pack. We also had the control arm device. You could yep. you could play the control arm game, right? But yeah, that was but that was the idea. Like here's this thing that is completely unusual. Um, but hey, let's go for it. And turned out that 
it works for a lot of people, right? And, and it's funny because even to this day, it's such a fun conversation because people still look at it and go, they'll look at, they'll see suspension and they go, you know, what, what is that? Right. Um, we need to do like a 10th anniversary or something. Um, addition. Yeah, well, addition. That would have been, that's what's already done. That would have been like, we do well, another anniversary. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, the 13th, 14th, 15th. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's like the 10th anniversary for the company came and went, right? I'm like looking right. at it going, what's your 10th? Oh, yeah, we're already in our 13th year. All right, well, there's no 10th anniversary special. You 13 know, it's... is a lucky number. <laughs> that's right. 13's lucky. Sure. Sure, no problem. 13th anniversary. Offroad Expo. This is our, you know, many. Well, if we count the fact that we didn't go to the last two, it will be mm -hmm. our 10th Offroad Expo that we went to, maybe. It becomes really complicated because of the last two years and how many events in our whole yeah. entire world was kind of turned upside down because of COVID. But yeah, it's weird now with so many events going, well, this is, we didn't really get to have an event. So do you call it the 15th year um if you skipped one or is it the 16th because you uh, yeah that's well you'd be like tds it's like they're 59th right. and a half yeah right this is our 59th they don't want to have a 60th anniversary so they'll keep going it'll be the 59th and three quarters if they can't do their 60th if next they year. can't do it again, right they'll just keep that's stretching right. it out until they can have their 60th yeah. or you like jeepers jamboree which you guys it, i mean if you haven't already bought tickets you're out but it's the 70th anniversary and let me tell you jeepers jamboree anniversary years are just hellaciously uh, uh, gangbusters, party central <laughs> for three days, three nights, whatever. There's a whole other world there. Let's talk a little bit about land use, though, that's interesting happening with that world of the yes. Rubicon. So the Rubicon, and, and we all know this because we're working on the Modern Cheaper Adventure Rubicon edition, <coughs> um, but this whole new thing happening where basically – you have El Dorado County who has fully embraced the ownership of the county road known as the Rubicon Trail. And the fighting for keeping it a county road has kept it out of the, any other land use or any other things. It's not a part of a state park or anything. It's a county road. As such, they maintain it as a county road to the degree that a trail needs to be maintained, understanding it's still a trail. It crosses over into a county called Placer County. Well, Placer County is another county it's actually a fairly conservative county in our region but they monitor it and they use law enforcement on it and they do a lot of things related to that that road but it happens to go through a several different national forests as it goes through there right, right? one is the tahoe basin national forest and uh, as it goes through so because of that a couple of years ago these different various groups got together and said well who actually has jurisdiction over this section of the rucon trail it was determined, and I don't know this for a fact, my opinion is that that plaster said, you know what, we don't have to maintain it. We don't have to, that's fine. We have other things to deal with. We got big cities like Roseville and other stuff to deal with. We don't, this is a little obscure section of our county. That's fine. We're happy to have sheriffs run on it. In fact, we sponsored the rig that they use. The Plaster County Sheriff's Department has a rig and we, we've sponsored that. Um, but sure, National Forest wants to maintain this, great. Two years later, National Forest is now very proactively going after anybody who uses the Rubicon Trail for commercial purposes. So whether you're Nina Barlow or local Rubicon Trail um, adventures or, in this case, Jeepers Jamboree or Modern Jeeper Adventures, if you go through that section, which is actually a, sh a small section of it and somewhat of the more boring part of the trail in the first place, um, it's beautiful, but it's not a lot of, of climbing and activity. But it is that little section. I do believe 
I, I may be wrong on this. I do believe includes uh, Cadillac Hill. So that's one thing, but it goes mm -hmm. beyond that. If you go through that section, you have to pay a fee and licensing and everything to the, um, to yeah, the national you, forest. You actually have to, they will issue you a special use or conditional permit. I think it's special use, but, um, but yeah, that is, that is new. And, and, um, for folks that um, have never had to uh, deal with the, some of the bureaucracies of how the permit processing works, uh, we've talked about it in prior prior episodes. But um, again, uh, whether whether we like it or we don't, it's something we got to deal with, and it, it helps protect those resources. Again, I'm not going to get into the political aspect of it. Well, that's a bunch of crap, and and we should be able to go where we want and do what we want when we want. Um, you're you're utilizing a land that is <laughs> you're utilizing a land that is 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 managed by some other resources, and they want their hand in that pie. They do, they do. So, like for in the case of Jeepers Jamboree, I mean, they found to deal with it, but it's three percent. So 3% of our revenue uh, has to be paid to them for the purposes of maintaining that road and doing whatever they need to do in that area. And we understand it. I mean, it's, but it's interesting in that what they're doing proactively, and we saw BLM doing this uh, a few years ago when people were really harsh on violating BLM rules and getting out there doing filming, where they basically had one person searching the web. And every time they found some commercial entity uh, posting images or video or stuff that obviously came from Moab and was not permitted, they were going after them. So yep. what we got was, and they didn't going after, they're just reaching out and saying, Hey, just letting you know, yeah. Hey, here's the process. There's a new process in town. Didn't know if you knew about it, you know, the new sheriff and we're, we're here to enforce things. And, and, um, you know, you can, you can, here's the data and information. Let us know what you want to do. You know, at this point, we're still planning modern Jeeper adventure. So we don't know what our overall game plan will be. Um, but there is going to be a modern Jeeper adventure on the Rubicon. And, um, you know, it's very easy to go down a path of going, huh, well, yeah, this is how you get around that, but, right. or you can simply embrace and then what we do at all of our modern Jeeper adventures, which is embrace the community around us, embrace the, the rules and regulations that are there, um, and make sure that we have a fun event for people. You know, we've, we've come across this in other, uh, with other entities that have had events and, um, you know, they keep but under radar, they they may not um, they don't advertise that there's a charge for their event or whatever the case may be. And I'm not uh, please. I'm I'm not got my flame suit on. We don't need a bunch of hate mail going. Well, you know, this is how we run our stuff. I, I don't care. I'm just saying that people choose to do business a certain way, and we've always chosen to do business a certain way as well. Um, it's much easier to embrace it, pay a fee, jump through the hoops, do what they're asking and move on rather than hoping that we don't get caught. And then later there's an issue. And I got to tell you, you know, we've all been fairly lucky over all these years of people going out in groups and nobody getting hurt because um, liability is huge these days. And again, this, this all keeps us in that in that mode of we have to protect ourselves as well as everybody else that we take out. So, right. Exactly. That. But I don't know how we gone on this path, but the whole idea is that there is the world that, you know, it has to go and, and, and there's things that are changing every day. Um, That's right. The Rubicon trail is a great resource. There, there's a lot of great resources and stuff out there. We just have to maintain and support. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. You guys there just is. came back from, I mean, we're, 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 
15, 20 minutes into this thing. And we haven't even talked about the stuff we were going to talk about. Yeah, I um, know, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, uh, we just finished Jeep Beach, which was um, another, you know, it was a great year, great event. Um, one of the biggest events that's held in the East um, each year. Uh, the weather was was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a good turnout, um, but you know, there's there's um, I think there's a lot of people out there in the industry that are going, hey, seem to be a little bit down in attendance. But I will say that um, you know, there's a lot more vendors there this year. I think Kurt told me there were, we had like 260 plus uh, uh, vendors. Mm-hmm. Think about that, 260 vendors. Everybody has at least a tent, even if so- you had it as a ten by ten. That represent like fifty companies, yeah, right? <laughs> With, for some companies, yes, because they only you know they, yeah, like that was that was like two hundred sixty vendors, were really only fifty companies, and half of them were owned by wheel pros. Right. right. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, but no, it was cool. It was cool to be out there, and um, I, I think they raised a ton of money for charity and whatnot, and it'll be interesting to see what their numbers produce. But you know, we have. We have so much more coming. Um, uh, we have Panama Jeep Jam coming in, up in, in Panama Beach City uh, next weekend. Wow. We have, we're almost to our Rocklander ARS Modern Jeeper 20 plus thousand dollar giveaway that's coming up very soon. Yeah, more about that soon because we got we to talk about that. But I want to go back to this Panama City idea. I, I'm curious because you know events have cycles jeep beach prior to jeep beach and i forget what it was called but there was a what was the big event in florida before jeep beach it was it was it the jeep toberfest well jeep um that's in october but but it was 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 a big event there was another event that was like the event of uh in jeep then jeep beach starts up and it starts growing and it was in florida and that was the region i just remember it in the back of my head Jeep Beach started small and it started growing and it was a cool thing and it started building up and it started going and and it became the event, right? And that other event kind of faded away. Like it wasn't, it just wasn't as, as important as it was. Yeah, and I can't I'm, remember. And I'm wondering from the world, maybe our, our listeners out there know what I'm talking about. Um, but then we get to the other side. Now, are we in a cycle now or maybe Jeep Beach has reached its pinnacle? Because two years ago, the event that was open was the Panama City Jeep Jam, right? right? And so all of a sudden, a lot of people that never gone to that event went to that event and, and that enjoyed event, it. Right. Enjoyed it so much that maybe, like last year, that became their thing. And you know, to the point, last year was a weird one because it was a first time out. So people, but now you're settling into the normal routine, and with two events being that close to each other, right? You know, maybe people are being a little bit more discriminative about how they're going to spend their money, where they're going to go, mm-hmm. and is Jeep Beach on? A different part of the cycle maybe they're going down i mean they've, they've gone big they they have 260 vendors they're a corporation now instead of a club there's because of that there's there's a semblance of less plant transparency than there was before as a club um and so does that instructionally does that cause problems they don't have the growth or the drive to do it as well who knows what that all means right but ultimately you have to have attendance so now be, i'm going to be very curious in a mm-hmm. um, couple of weeks when you guys talk about Panama city and how it compared to Jeep beach. Cause I gotta yeah. imagine there's a lot of other vendors that are doing what you guys are doing and hanging out in the, on the East coast and just getting ready to head over to, um, to Panama city. Well, you know, we had, um, in the few years past, we've always had the reason we have stayed was because we had another event this coming weekend. Gosh, 
where'd those guys go? Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the event another... that shall never be. Oh well, my gosh. We also had some coordinators from other events show up to Jeep Beach to check it out. Yeah. To see maybe how it compared to theirs or to see if they can make it better. And it was kind of interesting to see those coordinators kind of hanging out. Mm -hmm. Kind of going, okay, what are you guys doing that maybe we could take back away from this for, for our event? And again, I think that, um, and we've seen this in other events as well. Things tend to get so big that they become unmanageable. But mm-hmm. you know what? The, the, the staff that, that Jeep Beach does have, those guys, I know they put in a lot of hours and uh they listen they adapt yeah they're they're um, always they make changes on the fly so they're always very good to us and making sure that the vendors are happy but you're you're right there there may be a point where that size things become and size becomes an issue uh resources become an issue and we are still seeing so many places that aren't either i mean in the middle of the week uh on a weeknight or even on a weekend during the day, like places aren't open because they don't have help. And that's so weird to go into a tourist location where, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Our restaurant's closed. We only, we're only open from six till nine on Friday and Saturdays because we don't have help. A lot of that. A lot lot of that. And that's weird. Our store's not open during the days. And yeah, it's kind of interesting to see, especially a whole resort. That you're supposed yeah. to be able to sit and do everything in this place. Yeah, they don't. These places don't want you to leave because you're going to leave and spend money somewhere else. Yet they don't have the resources to keep their own internal structure open. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. It is, um, an odd, it is an odd world because we're seeing you know it's just I think a lot of people are choosing that there's alternate ways of making a living and. <laughs> There's some, whether it's, I don't care whether it's TikTok or OnlyFans or, I mean, like, yeah, it's like, there's the story of this girl, this girl that was on like, um, oh, Dr. Phil show. And she was young. She was on Dr. Phil. She's legendary. I don't even know her name, but turns 18, goes on OnlyFans and in her first year makes $52 million Mm -hmm. and no nudity. It's just high, high quality, like erotica photos, but but she just, I mean, and she, she has a high school education, if that, right. But there's so much money out there going to people to do other things, to be content creators, to be things that some people just like, yeah, I don't want to wash dishes. Well, we've right. seen a lot of right. people come out of retirement too, and are yeah. working 80 hours just to help out. And then they're like, well, this was supposed to be retirement and I'm working a full-time job. And I, I mean, I barely cleared a million last year on my OnlyFans page. And so now I'm kind of curious. I got to watch this. That was was pesos, right? Pesos. Yes. (laughs) Cause I I can't, I, I can't have it in this country just because, you know, it's not the only fans. It was the only fan, (laughs) only, only fan, like. Yeah. <laughs> my only fan yeah, page. Everybody wants yeah. To yeah. Yeah. You know, I imagine there must be, there must be at least five people that, that want to see me and, you know, dress in, in, in bourgeois. <laughs> in feet. I'm, I, heard, feet. I heard feet, feet are the popular thing. Feet, feet videos or feet pictures. Really? Feet, I mean, feet, I've been with, asked for feet pictures with, before and I'm like, with, are you freaking kidding me? With or without, like, I mean, do you have to have like, uh, do you have to have a pedicure? You have you to do, they off? ask you to do certain things with your feet. Or make really? certain poses or whatever, and you're like, 
like um, don't get it. Like little like <laughs> yeah. shadow puppets. Squishing your feet your, through shadow, the sand shadow puppets or through Play-Doh. Ooh, Play-Doh. Squish Play-Doh with your feet. I'm telling Ooh, you. Like, oh, toothpaste in the toes. I've never done it. <laughs> don't say that. Don't even. No. No, 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 no. We'll I guess not. your feet would smell good. I don't know. Yeah, you know, that might be good Describe for you. So, I'm, do they want like, because you know, that mine being post-surgery, you know, pocketed, calloused, you know, yeah, well, would that go? There's, there's, there's be- that show. Um, there's that show, uh, Doctor Pimple Popper. You know, and that apparently yeah. is intriguing to people. So, I don't know. Dude, we we watched it dude, a couple times. And it I'm is like, intriguing. There, there are DM, DM channels with five million followers where it's just a dermatologist commenting on somebody popping pimples. Yeah. Like are, are pulling People like just... pull, pull, and the dermatologist be like, oh yeah, okay, good technique. He's, oh, gloves are fine. Okay, good. All right, so that's it. All right, now now he's pulling. Okay, oh, this is a long one, and it's just like an ingrown hair that just starts keep coming out longer and longer. Oh, it's a long. One. Okay. There are pickers out there. I'm telling so, you. And we're worried about content. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like, <laughs> I, we, I, we've got to do something. Like, okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen. All right, all right. Here it is. I got one right here. All right, <laughs> yeah, here we go. go. I go. Okay, go. I'm not wearing gloves. No, I'm not here. Getting... <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, we're right. obviously we're we're actually too family friendly. I think we could remarket ourselves. Yeah, you know, we, right. We gotta like you know we gotta start cussing and like make it cussing and like and just doing yeah. shots and. I was impressed with with Sean Holman's interview because he was very tame on that. But if you ever listen to the Truck Show podcast, like their chop yeah. podcast, yeah. I heard them. I never really like listened to the podcast until they came through Offroad Expo years ago, and they came by and interviewed um, Metal Cloak, and we talked to them. And they're in the background; they're talking, and it's just every other word was an f bomb, right? They're just dropping the f bombs just in there. Yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was like I'm like like it was like okay, yeah, a little little different, but people are into that. I guess they want it. Yeah, they want, they want well, it. Well, and we're, you know, we're, we were so, I remember in the early days, of course, we, um, we were, we had comments about, you know, oh, two, you know, political comments, you know, we were out, like we're out and, and you know what? I mean, I get it. Everybody's got their, their preferences, but, um, and they're not going to listen to certain things and other things. And, and I don't know. I, I think it's, Maybe we are. Maybe we're too sensitive sometimes, and we just should just wing it. And maybe I, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Oh, uh, we got it's fine. It's fine. That's that's okay. You know, our three million followers. Um, uh, right. You know that uh, that well is that one divided by two point seven million? <laughs> it, it's we, it's we got to start doing more. Um, and we were talking about this a little bit ago. So. Um, YouTube, the um, uh, people don't understand the level of YouTube YouTube expertise, and um, I saw a great great graphic the other day, and of course it was a pyramid, and at the very bottom you have you know no high school, and then you have high school level education, then you have college level, and you have a master's degree, then you have a PhD, and at the very top of that educational pyramid you have the YouTubers. The YouTube installers, the YouTube how-toers, and that's kind of where our society's at. Like, you mean they call it YouTube diversity? You they should. Too, they should give out diplomas. YouTube diversity. I'm, I'm a YouTube professional. YouTube prof. YouTube master. YouTube master. YouTube could be YouTube a YouTube master. master. YouTube yeah, master. it's interesting you say that because there's so many things. One, let's let's flip that over. There is so much you can learn. 
so much you can learn on this, uh, uh, on just the way it goes, right? There's so much you can learn about life on YouTube. There's so much you can learn about what you do. Like you could learn how on to YouTube. build a house just yeah. from watching YouTube videos. My right. dad, my dad, I think we talked about this before. My dad had the time life books. Everything right. my dad yep. hit on the house, he had from his time life books. He had the full stack of time life books and they were all across and they were everything from electrical to, 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 to framing everything. That's everything he learned about how to do stuff in the house was from those time life books, right? All of that exists on a million five, uh, a million plus YouTube videos now from right. everything on how to properly do in a screw and how to, you know, all these other things to the point that content creators have to get clever. And now it's hacks on how to do all that. Right. You don't have to use right. a screwdriver. You can use a pin, right? It, it's, right. Right. You can't go to bookstores anymore. Well, it's because maybe because nobody right. can read. They still you have know. National Geographic, by the way. We did look. <laughs> yes. Magazines. National Geographic, the I magazine still the is published. We that we stopped at a Barnes and Noble. I was my Wow, I've been in Barnes and Noble forever. I, oh, I, used get, so I, I used to love going and getting like the, the Starbucks, and just yes. I would sit in an aisle. Now my my girlfriend at the time would go to another aisle. I would sit on the floor of the aisle of the yep. books of the business book section and just start yep. picking up books and sitting there reading. It was so cool. Yeah, you know? yep. It was fun. It was it was it. weird going in one, and it's weird because they still had a bunch of books. They also still <laughs> sold CDs. Books still and exist. LPs. Well, LPs are probably like ten times the price they usually are now because now they're collecting. Oh, yeah. They actually sold yeah. turntables. It was right. like what? What? Yeah. yeah. Well, they USB turntables. USB. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the whole the, the whole idea though, like I I work with my kids on books, right? I want to read books to them. I want them to love books. At the same time, they have their pads, right? I talked to a lady in the park the other day, and I kind of felt bad because it's like. My daughter was very upset. She's like, well, why is your, she, she, I was asking her, why was your daughter upset? Well, because I wouldn't take her to the library to get a new book. Like, I could only hope that there's a point in my time with my kids. I mean, they're never going to need to go to the library. I always got so many free right. books around the, the house. But, but that they want, they, they, they yearn for the books, right? And not just, because even, even then, I, I have, I have a bunch of books on my Kindle that I read, but I kind of separated in my mind, like, I read in on my Kindle. I read uh, business books. Or I read books about different companies, that sort of thing. I, I, that's what I read on it. On my when I'm sitting around the house, if I'm reading a Jack Reacher, I'm reading the book, right? If I'm reading a right. novel, I'm reading the book. Right. I want to hold the book in my hand. I, I just reading the the that is just I might as well just listen to the audio book, right? Which I can't do. Well, so, it's funny. So my Kindle books are um, I. I very rarely read stories anymore. And I, I've been like that my whole life. I always want it as a, I always read reference stuff. Um, no, no, no Fantasies, real fiction. I'm, I'm, I'm all about, I want to look something up Escaping. or I want to learn how to do something better. But as a reference, the electronic format is horrible because I want to, I got to go to a section fast. Right. And I can't really. And, it's kind yeah. of awkward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When you're actually trying to study something, that whole idea going back and forth. I love being able to click a, a word and look it up immediately. Yes. Right. I love yes. being able to do that. I love to look things up on Wikipedia. Just click a word and be able to do that. But so I wish I kind of had that in both worlds, right? But right. But yeah, you can't quick reference through things. But I, I like, I like, I'm with Jesse. I like to escape. And when I escape, I escape with with books, fantasy you novels, know, fantasy. if it's not. If it's not in the middle of my dash and I can't read while I'm driving, I mean, what's the point? <laughs> right. 
So that's when they had the heads up display. And you're just be like, <laughs> yeah, right. be also, so the text is just rolling in front of you. Audio books. Yeah. Like whatever happened to that? I can listen to podcasts, but see, here's the thing. Like I really, do, I, I'm only down to a few podcasts that I actually have time for because my commute's right. so short. I hop in and I do it. One is my my new favorite podcast is called the All In Podcast. All In, like like betting. All In. It is four essentially, well, it's three billionaires and uh, and a guy, but they are they call them the besties. Is Jason Calcanis, Shamath, who was the guy head of growth over at Facebook. Um, uh, you, you know, forget the last two names. Don't really off the top of my tongue, but they're talking about. It's these are four guys who are incredibly smart, all with different political opinions, who are tackling every week. They tackle the, the things of what's going on economically. They were talking about the food shortage that was the upcoming food shortage oh, yeah. weeks ago, you know, or a couple months ago when this war first started. They were talking about there was going to be a food shortage and giving you ideas on it, they, predicting the um, the recessionary numbers that we had just last quarter. Right. The all these things. So incredibly smart guys who every day are living and breathing the economics and things, situations of the world because they're all heavily invested I mean, they're they're investors and they have SPACs and they have other things. Just my having my current favorite podcast because of this. It's and it's it's like us. It's unbridled. It's not documented. It's not agenda driven. It is just four best friends who were having a BS session for a couple of hours on the topics of the day, but really digging into them. And really setting some perspectives, politically and otherwise. But Interesting. I can watch. I listen to like five minutes of it, one back and forth, and then I get through that episode, and then I can throw in another acquired episode about some other thing, and then go back. So it's it. I don't. And then occasionally I get to have the pleasure of just listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, which you know that's full on. Like okay, I'm going to veg out for a little bit, but um, but that's well, I, but I can't do audiobooks. I, um, the story side, I used to do the audiobook thing, but again, I want to, I, I'm always, I'm interested in, in, I got to learn something about something. And, and we also have to be careful where we get that information though, because now, um, I mean, even something as simple. So, you know, one of the things we were talking about is, is the Ford and Honda, uh, this year pulling out of SEMA, um, which is a huge thing, but then it's kind of funny because certain news is so weird and, and just like how to work on your Jeep from a forum can be twisted and you may not get the right answer or the right advice, or it may be the gist of it, but maybe not all of the details. I call it click. Yeah. And and we all deal with that. And, and we want to, we see the link and we click on it and we get to the article and we're like, Oh, that's not what it is. Wow. 30 minutes later, I still don't even have anything that's relevant (laughs) to what the title said. Have you Um, noticed, have you noticed how many articles come out they look like they're machine written yes they look, they look like they're ai written i mean it's not even just bad english it's just it looks like there's a there some of these websites out there are simply generating content they're doing a search and i i, I don't know this to be a fact but in my mind they're looking at google trends they're grabbing what's google trending and they in their category like, and then yep. they gather a bunch of stuff and then it spits out an article and I know this technology exists because I can actually pay for it to be done for like, if I wanted to have somebody produce content for medical, they would just, here's a content producer, right? So technology exists to do this, but they just spit out these articles. And the next thing you know, it's out there, but it's clickbait because of the, the fact that one, it's a trending topic. 
And two, they're just going for that together. All they want to do is get somebody on our site. And it's just amazing. And some of these websites are just hilarious. Like, you know, you have all variations of motor something. And I'm like, well, who, who is this website? You know, and, and you start to look and it's pretty obscure and there's no about us. And it's like, where's all of their stories are identical to press releases from other companies. And it's kind of like, huh. Yeah, I just figured out something. I think we, I think the whole, I think our whole shtick is wrong. I think we just need to drop the whole modern Jeeper, like this whole is this podcast about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. And we're just going to be like a commentary podcast. Yeah. Yeah. How effed up is the world or something like that? We're just, we're just going to have a new, we're just going to have a new yeah. podcast. That's what we're going to do every week. We're just going to, if you guys want to talk, we're going to talk about Jeeps because we love Jeeps and that's what we're out doing. But the reality is, you want to come join us? We're just going to talk about how effed up the world is today. Like, well, and too bad we can't do a podcast where we have some interaction because I think I, a lot of our listeners, uh, when they're listening, um, and we we've had these comments go, you know, I wish we could like reach out and say, yeah, yeah, just you we know, and yeah, we we need to do like a I don't we know, need I, some live. Well, session. you know, we need to do a live like we're going to do on the twenty first. Yeah. Right. So, yes. so guys, 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 listening out there, like this is this is what's today's date. Well, when this thing goes live, it'll be May fifth. All right. Yeah. Yeah. On May twenty first, we're doing our giveaway for the twenty k Ultimate Rocklander twenty k giveaway on May twenty first. That means online entries are going to end somewhere around like I think I think I have May eighteenth targeted, but it's probably going to be like May nineteenth. Gotcha. So, May 19th or 20th will be the, I'll just look at how, how difficult it is to manage some of the entries, but I think we're May 19th is probably going to be the deadline, the deadline, deadline, deadline to enter. So you're going to see all big push for it because we're doing pushing it. We want everybody yep. to possibly enter who can. And if you've already entered, remember to go to that page because at the end of the page, there you have, there's the opportunity to go. And once you enter in, it pops up and says how you can get more entries, right? Sharing it, letting people know about it right and we will we will be we will be hanging out at off-road expo west which um our friend um our friend jim that's working now with uh, demos the demos collective um they're actually they were approved and they've got a booth so they were on a waiting list and now they have a huge booth there so um yeah that 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 show is going to be great and i just decided like uh, this morning after talking to john i'm going to print a bunch of shirts to give away There'll be, um, oh, cool. so I'll do some, we're going to do some Rocklander Adventure Club shirts. Um, and I'll yeah. get Jim, I'll get Jim sign off on this to give a bunch of shirts. We'll do a DMOS and Adventure Rack System shirt for the Rocklander Adventure Club. So if you're out there, come on by and get your shirts. But yeah, this is going to be a live event. We're going to do it from there. Have no idea how we're going to do it, guys, quite frankly. I don't either. We'll, yeah, we'll, I hope, we'll figure hopefully it out. we'll have a signal of some kind. And Yeah, uh, hopefully, we'll hopefully there'll be a out. signal. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to do it. <laughs> hopefully we... Uh, Otherwise, like I said, we'll go into town and sit in some diner someplace. Um, right, right. But uh, well, I'm you know, sure one of the overlanding uh, rigs will have some kind of a booster antenna sure. that we can steal. <laughs> sure. Uh, it, it, yeah. We need to find one of those big ones. So one of those big like survival rigs that has like the um, the big satellite and the internet and you know the, yeah. the 40 inch. Totally. totally. Yeah. You know, we totally missed that whole little section we were talking about. And guys, we go all over the place, but when we were talking about you were talking about rigs and how big and stuff is today and we're going back to those original rubicon rigs and the fact that it was 31 inch tires that they yeah. that they were put on there and that was That's right it's hard to remember it's i i have this vision okay I have this vision i don't know because i can't go back and remember these days but when i was working at a service station in high school i worked at a shell station on the corner um of 
uh, what was it? It was Carmichael Shell, and it was on uh, Marconi and Walnut. And I worked at that Shell station. I had two buddies from high school who had rigs. One had a flatty. Um, old, I have no idea what year is. One had an early Bronco. And they went on the Rubicon every weekend. And I think I've told this story before. Almost every weekend, one of them came back with a flat tire, right? Because tires sucked back then. But to this day, like, I have this vision that they were on like 35s or 37s or something like that, right? Right. And I'm pretty sure if I could go back into my previous self and take a look at it, and they probably weren't even near that. Like I have this no. vision of Defs being like built on these on these big wheels and big tires. That's what my mind has has convinced myself what I saw. But I'm pretty sure we go back, that's probably gonna be something completely disappointing. Well, and you know, that is that is the biggest, the biggest um well, maybe that biggest isn't the right word. Um the the first thing that people upgrade on their Jeeps statistically in the entire country mm-hmm. over the last 10 years, the first thing they think about is wheels and tires. Right. And it's so funny because everywhere we go in the country, it's always different, right? I mean, wheels and tires are wheels and tires. Well, not necessarily. Um, of course, the trend and even from the manufacturer's perspective has been bigger wheels and not like wider, but I mean, bigger diameters. So, you know, we all had 15 inch wheels back in the day and then it was 17s and manufacturers. Now the trucks are 18s. Well, it's most of the time to fit a larger size disc brake caliper in that on that axle. So as the axles got bigger, the wheels had to get bigger, but now people are still putting these large diameter wheels at 20s, 22s, 24s um, on their Jeeps. And and again, what's the what's the number one question asked in all these Facebook off road groups? How big a tire can, can I, I fit on my stock rig? Right. Why do people most <laughs> of the time put a lift on their Jeep? It's to fit that bigger tire that they want. It's not because they're going to go off road and do crazy stuff. It's just because they want to put a bigger tire on their Jeep. All right. So, well, the basic the basic philosophy on a lift is to you want to lift your rig so you can put on bigger tires so you clear your axle more. From hitting obstacles, right? right? That's the only reason. Quite, listen, you know, guys, if we could all run with small tires for the fun of it, we would just because we could. But, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we get better fuel economy, which apparently, even though the price of gas is <coughs> super expensive, uh, we don't really we don't really care about that because we all want bigger, better, better. Anyways, um, I digress. Um, my point in being in the, the bigger tire realm. <coughs> It's interesting because we see a lot of rigs now, especially down here in Florida. And it's unfortunate because I saw a guy that had posted his Jeep on uh, one of one the of the metal, the metal club owners club. And, and it's a very nice Jeep and it was very well built. And you know what? He has, I think they were 22s or 24 inch wheels and they're 14, five wide tires. Um, he doesn't do a lot of off-roading and, and he got a very low score because it wasn't very flexy and people were giving him a a really hard time about it and i'm like man it's too bad that we can't let people just build what they want to build um and he actually had the installer put in some additional bump stops he was running all of them that come with the kit which is four with two more in there i think he had six in the back of his rig to keep the tire out of the fender well and people were just like, well, that you can't, you shouldn't do that. You need to Did do they this. Not tell you you this. this. Did they not tell you people that? People need to yeah. sometimes refrain from having an opinion and let people do what they want to do. It's their Jeep. I'm sorry that they built it a certain way that you didn't like, but 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. And I, and I hope this gentleman doesn't get uh, disappointed because and, and, he was thinking clearly that he has done something wrong and that he needs to probably take his, his Jeep back to his installer because he spent quite a bit of money. It's a great looking Jeep, by the way. And I'm sure it handles amazingly on the highways where he spends the majority of his time. So I don't know. I guess but maybe that, that's my little rant. But that's the modern Jeeper. That's why we, we that's the, that was the whole concept of the modern Jeeper was that there are, the modern Jeeper is, could be somebody who is building a Jeep as a grocery getter, is building a Jeep for a show, is building a Jeep that may never see the light of day, is building that's a right. Jeep that's going to go all the way up and down the Rubicon and can do that five times in a day. It doesn't right. matter what it is. But, and in this overlandings, whatever. That's the whole idea of a modern Jeeper is we don't want to be judgmental. Everybody has the right to build what they want to build. Unfortunately, everybody has an opinion too, right? Yes. And and in my you know in my opinion, there are good opinions and there are bad opinions, and and people <laughs> yeah. are going to share them. And you know and and it's it is what it is. But it is too bad that you can't simply go, hey man, it's a really cool build. It's not how I would do it. It's not how I right. would set it up. It's not exactly right. what I would do because my goal is X, but what's your goal with your rig, right? And we get that Absolutely. all the time with customers. It's like, I want to do that. You know, hey, I talk customers out of six packs. Why? Because yep. Yep. that's they're never going to use them for that. Why it may not the be the shop for them. That's right. But if they want it for the bling factor, go for it, right? More power to them. I mean, I know a lot of um, areas, you know, they have uh, fender cut coverage rules and that kind of thing where they, they have to have the entire tire covered with a fender um, mm -hmm. and, and full width bumpers. And um, some places they don't have those, those laws, but you see people and, and when it, when their rigs are flexed out, their tire would be right up against the full width front bumper. And right. people are like, Oh, you need to cut that off. Well, if that particular person has a, has laws that state that they have to have a full width bumper, they can't, but yet we're going to make fun of that guy and go, well, that's stupid. He can't even turn his wheel at full flex. You know what? He may not be at full flex all the time. So, uh, again, we, we try to do everything we can to help people out that, that we see when we notice those kind of things. But they probably don't necessarily know the whole story, I guess, is my point of, mm -hmm. of why uh, things are done a certain way. But we're so uh, visually driven by what we see as a picture or, or somebody doing something and we immediately just take and we run off the hook with or it. Or everybody's a mechanic, um, a YouTube mechanic. That's a pro installer that lives at the top of the food chain there. Um, <laughs> yeah. YouTube pro. That's it. I'm a YouTube you know. pro installer. Maybe, maybe like Twitter, you can have like a little, like a, a, a red check mark on YouTube that says you are a professional. You've That's proven right. that you're a professional. You've proven it, yes. You are, because you are, because I am a professional. I'm on YouTube. Look at the two of us. We're on YouTube. I mean, look at the three of them. Right. We're on YouTube. We're, we, and we talk about <laughs> stuff, so everything we say must be right. Now, I will say that I have, yes, I too go to YouTube quite frequently when I need some information to find out how to do something. Absolutely. That's, that's become kind of an easy, an easy place rather than looking through that digital reference book. You know, it isn't it amazing though, how many people have done things like you, I, I've, I'll look at things about working on the refrigerator or working on the washer and dryer and stuff. It's and somewhere, and somewhere, someplace, some person went and said, 
I'm going to go ahead and, and many times it's marketing. Like it's, it's part yeah. of their, it's, we are an HVAC company. And so we're going to talk to you about HVAC systems and stuff and how to work on maintenance them. But, you know, you can always call us if you want it done professionally, but here's how we would do it. Right. Or understanding different systems and different fireplaces, different, all that's there. And it's, it's incredible that somebody has done. I don't think there's ever been anything I've looked for on YouTube that I haven't found some answer for. Right. You can find, I mean, you can find a schematic to some obscure motor that isn't even made anymore. Like, oh we, yeah, here's yeah. how we repaired that. Yeah. I worked on my GL 1000, like my, my, my old Goldwing. I'd worked on it on a bunch of stuff from YouTube videos. You're crazy. I it found them a stalker too. Stalker? You know, they, everybody thought everybody was stalking me, but we, we found a stalker, Corey. There is nice. another, I guess it's an anvil color. Oh, LJ yes. that we saw at a stoplight. It looks just like Golden Spikes, except it's a different color. And they were so ecstatic that we pulled up beside them because her husband was stalking Corey for three years. They built oh. and built oh. his rig exactly <laughs> like Golden Spike, and it's to the team. Not kidding. Ever. Wow, you got a fan. It was, it was cool, and and I have a picture of it on the CCI trailer. Sorry, we got some. We got some. That's uh, okay. Some but they got eleven ten on the on the CPI trailer. Yeah. So wow. But this was, was great looking LJ guy. Did you get a selfie good. with your stalker? Yeah. No uh, selfies, but um, you didn't. You didn't take a sharpie and sign his left left breast or anything. <laughs> what was what was so cool about the whole experience is we were dry, We actually had left the speedway after we were setting up, and I pulled up next to him, and I'm like, "Wow, that's a good looking LJ." And I looked at the rear of it, and I'm like. Wow, like it's it's got the, the metal tea. cloak uh, tail plate on it and all the gold and I'm painted like armor on pulled up next like to him. It's a it's a six, six inch lock and load arms, with six packs. Like yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. awesome. He and he he looked over and he waved and then a minute then goes by and he was like, Oh my god, <laughs> it's you guys. You guys it's it's and he and he, he we're we're driving down Daytona International Boulevard and he's yelling. It's your fault. I built this Jeep to mimic yours. And you, I talked to you three years ago. And yeah, it was very cool. Was very That's cool. so cool. That's yeah. so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's confirmed. Corey has, has at least one fan. There's um, one. I, 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 first fan. Corey, Corey won. Matson zero. <laughs> no, nobody's copied uh, any of my builds, you know. <laughs> Only fan I ever had was some guy back in, in like, 10 years ago, I'm on the Rubicon, the back end of the Rubicon near, um, uh, near, um, uh, devils, whatever it is. Um, and we're going back through and there were some guys that were stuck there and the guy, and I was in my YJ at the time and I'm going through and this guy goes, Oh, Hey, 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 I've got your YJ as my screensaver. That's cool. That was the only time. Like that was 10, 12 years ago. And after that, nobody's spam. <laughs> there's no, there's no posters of me hanging in. Some, you know, no maybe we should do, we're going to do the next modern Jeeper. Since you're in charge of photos, the next modern Jeeper is going to be all just images, we're actual modern Reynolds Jeepers. Pose with yeah. Story. We're all going to do. Ber- nice. I like it. No, no Jeeps. Just actually, you know modern Jeepers. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh-uh. Oh, I'll get to show him now. Burt oh, he's no. never, he's never seen the Burt Reynolds Apparently pose. Not. Apparently not. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's it's, uh, think Playgirl. Yeah. Oh, like the like um the Farrah Fawcett posters and those kind of things. Yeah, but it's Burt Reynolds in Playgirl. Yeah. Yeah, you'll, she'll, you'll, she'll, yeah you'll see it. 
Yeah, you'll see it. I don't, I don't know about that. Oh, the horses are coming in, so that's why the oh. dogs are freaking out. I do. I got to give a shout out to our shout out to our friend um, Ricky and his whole family once again this year from Jeepers Den. Um, we're staying at their residence for a few days, and um, you know what a what a what a amazing thing that you know they're still going to work and going to school, and they got lots of stuff going on with their kids and and everything else. And I mean, he has an orchard of oranges that he has to come home and take care of every night. And, mm-hmm. and they're letting us hang out during the day and get some work stuff done and, and get some R&R a little bit. And, and they're you not know, making you work in the orchard. <clears throat> well, I helped him I load up a trailer this morning. So I did, I did, you know, I put him away. To get on the mower. <laughs> Yeah, Jesse volunteered to to mow the grass. But when you have like, I don't know how many acres he has That's here. At least twenty. But right? when he he like has three thousand trees, right? Yeah, and he wow. mows grass almost continuously. Every I think. Day. A little wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's also you know, it's it's not cheap to spend the night down here in Florida. So it's it's pretty cool that he's he's they opened up his house and said, yeah. you know what, you guys have run of the place. So. That's cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. We have, I mean, we have, Smoke we have a couple of Rottweilers here with us, and Smokey, the little dog that that you just saw, yeah. um, if you're watching the YouTube video, and <laughs> we're sitting in front of a pool, but the pool's a little, little chilly. But um, that's yeah. never stopped any kids. Got to go. It's never. It does not stop the kids for sure. Does he have solar for his pool, or just? I don't think so. Oh, no. Yeah. You would and think he'd like have 50, solar. It's like 58 degrees. Yeah. Wow. See. Yeah. And it's nice and hot in Florida. If you had if you had solar pool system, it'd be like you know, seventy eighty degrees year round. I think he has a heater, but I'm guessing it'd probably be pretty expensive to heat it. So I don't yeah. know a whole lot about the whole pool in a Florida thing. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty hard. Yeah, you, the electric or gas very expensive to heat. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but solar pool pool systems, guys, I used to sell them. So you know, it's a, oh. yeah, recirculate through the system makes it easy. All you need is a, the power of a pump. And it puts it through, you know, you just put it on top of your roof, circulates it then, gives you in Cal- in Sacramento area especially, gives you like an extra two months on either side of the pool season. Oh, wow. Because it starts warming it up early. I, yeah. I tried to talk Jesse into jumping into the pool for the Modern Jeeper show, but she wasn't having any of it. Oh, come on. See, that's the kind of stuff can, we need. That's the kind of stuff we need. You just have to jump into the chicken. pool. You can't just stand in it because if you stand in it, you're going to definitely say no. Well, so, I'll go jump in the pool, but uh, I can't get back out and be on the podcast. So maybe I'll <laughs> the, maybe I'll do that as our end. By the way, I noticed you're wearing um, the uh, the shirt we gave away this year. Oh, yes, to, there we go. What yeah. an amazing yeah. dude! I, we've had so many people like, can fighting, we get more of those? Can we buy those? Hey, Where can we can we order them? Do you want to send me one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh wow! Good good job to uh, to Matson who picked the colors and did the graphic design nice. on these. Um, they're pretty. Pretty cool shirts, and they're very light, uh, which is very necessary here. Next year, let's do this next year. Next year, um, let's try to get like a volunteer list from of, of sizes from Jeep Beach, like their group, and like we'll send an extra group of them just to the volunteers. I tried to, um, uh, of course, Jerry that always runs the uh, obstacle course. We tried to get. I, I think we gave shirts to him and his family, but um, I had a couple of volunteers going coming up at like you know two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, they gone. They gone. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we are going to do shirts for anybody that's going to be out there at, um, at Smoky Mountain. So that's our next, we've never done shirts for Smoky Mountain, but I got, I think I've got it targeted to do another 300 shirts for Smoky Mountain. 
Um, and then, like I said, we're going to do shirts uh, to give away at the Offroad Expo West. And as we do it, I mean, as other events come up, we'll, we'll see about doing it too. It's, it's popular. It's fun. And I uh, just want to kind of do things that we can, it's easily do. We like to do. has to have a bear. Has to have a bear. Has to have a bear on it. I was just going to put a smoking mountain. Like, uh, yeah, like that, that would be mountain. good. <laughs> I was just, I was just going to put a, just a, just a mountain, a little, shh, you know, like a little puff of smoke. A bear smoking. A bear smoking a mountain. A bear smoking. Oh, that, well, mountain, that's like a, isn't that a, like a slang term for, you know, that we don't, we don't, I don't smoke that stuff, guys. <laughs> We, we don't we, we don't play with that game smoking a mountain Jeez. i don't know that yeah i don't know that only fans right yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so okay so next week you got the the modern jeeper uh roving show is going to be at um at Pine Monster. yeah we'll be setting what, what up we'll be that? setting up well uh we'll get there tuesday so we'll be setting up um when we get there and then that's a three-day event so um, yeah, and the same thing like Jeep Beach, they do stuff all week long. So um, we should be, I think we're going to be in a different location again this year from what Jamie had said. We'll be over by the obstacle course, I think, a little bit closer or something. Um, but we'll keep everybody informed as to how that goes. Cool, cool. So you got that. And then you head back. That's right, you head back so you can get back to Flagstaff. To, to Flagstaff, yes. Flagstaff. And then we are home for about a day and a half. And then we have our modern Jeeper adventure in Moab. Yes, that's right. So, which, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this, is you're on Thursday. Uh, deadline to enter for Moab is tomorrow, Friday. So yep. the the, the sixth. Cool. That's it. Yep. So, so we're, yeah, this is it. Last chance, last chance last to enter chance. to get it. Yep. And once that's in, it's done, is done. Um, and then if you have already registered, you know, there'll be um, the team will be reaching out to you now and getting you guys all sorted in. I know we've had a few emails, inquiries, people, especially from that last. A round of of new registrations we had a week or so like oh wait right. have we heard from each other so um it would be good to go but i know there's all kinds of exciting stuff happening in moab this year oh yeah for sure cool, cool. so anything else on your long list because you had a bunch of stuff you wanted to talk about i think we only maybe hit like three i did them. i think we you know we, we pretty got much through it i mean um yeah not not uh not a whole lot trying to uh still in the catch-up mode of of uh yeah. What did, what did we what did we just do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all a whirlwind, guys. That's it why is. It that's really... why December is supposed to be like the <sighs> Yeah, for sure. And it does this to us every year. Like we get through with Moab and it's like, oh, I was just I was sorting pictures this afternoon going, look at all these pictures of Moab. Oh, and well, oh wait, what, what didn't we just go to Jeep Beach and how about those jobber stuff? Yeah, lots yeah. of stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. So we'll be out there. We'll be seeing you guys at offered uh, or at the Overland Expo West. <clears throat> and then I think uh, Mike and I are driving down with my rig on that Thursday. That Thursday, yeah, was that the sixteenth? Uh, or no? What am I? I'm in the wrong month. Um, that would be that Thursday there. Okay, there it is. And so we're heading down there on the nineteenth. We'll be we we'll see you guys on twenty twenty first. And then on the 27th, for everybody who happens to be around this region, we are going to have, uh, we do CTIs now. We try to do CTIs on the third or fourth Friday of the month. Um, and so it is, that will be from like, from two hours, from three to five on the 27th, we'll have a CTI. And then on June 4th, June 4th, up at Thompson's Jeep in Placerville, they've invited us to bring the CTI up and they want to do it. They're doing a customer appreciation day. So we'll have the oh, CTI cool. trailer up there. 
and uh, do it. So if you're up in this region, June 4th and or the afternoon of the 27th to get out on the CGI trailer. Well, and we and looking a little bit more forward, yeah, we'll be actually be in uh, Oklahoma. We've got a, uh, a Jeep open house um, in, on the 4th. Um, off-road addiction. At off-road addiction. And then we have uh, four by four land and Jeeparama. Jeeparama at Kansas Rocks. And that I'm next sure weekend that gonna... we will be stopping somewhere else to do some more CTIs yeah, so, around that area as well. So, so we'll, cool. we'll be given. I'm still in the process of setting it all up. So cool, cool, cool. Well, as you guys know, if you have anything, you need anything from us, you can reach me at Matt's at MilkClock.com, Corey at MilkClock.com, Jesse at MilkClock.com, ModernJeeperAdventures.com, where you can see all our amazing adventures. And I'm telling you guys, the Tillamook is filling up. Um, uh, San Juan uh, is filling up. Those yep. are the ones that are open yep. registrations right now. It's a great year to go out and go jeeping. For um, sure. And uh, so make sure you get on there. If you have any inkling to do those, reach out. Send a message. If you have questions, reach out to us. Happy to answer those for you. Um, and for uh, anything else, by the way, you know, if you have if you have an event that you want Corey and Jesse to come out to, or you would look at sponsorship from Metal Cloak and have us send you some swag and or send you some things for your goodie bags, um, reach out to us via the Metal Cloak website and the contact us page has an event sponsorship form. Fill that out. And Jesse will be in touch with you to get you gift certificates or all kinds of good things. Absolutely. <sighs> Yeah. That being said, you know, uh, yeah, let's give a big, big hug to, um, to Ricky for me and, uh, to his family. Missed that guy. Definitely. Been a long Definitely. time. And uh, otherwise for all the modern Jeepers out there, we'll see you on the trails. Cheers. See ya. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.